Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ron Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast. Here in December of 2029, we have finally got the show started. You'll notice Shane's mic quality is the same as last week. We had some issues there. We're going to fix it. I got the microphone. We ain't fixing it. We we ain't fixing it today, Shane. But I got it. It is physically here. See, it, it is here. here. It is there. Uh, I want to apologize, guys, for the technical errors. Me and Shane have been working on this for literally three and a half hours. Three and a half hours we've been working on it. I'm sick of seeing your face, Shane. And we did a damn good job in that three and a half hours because we didn't do shit. We didn't do a damn thing. Nothing. I had to look. I had to look at your face all last night. I had to look at three of your faces last night. Yeah, and I, I bet you had some pretty good dreams too, didn't you, kid? Oh, Come on, fess up, fess up, fess up, bro. Needless to say, we're talking total nonstop deletion. Let's delete. Hot, hot damn! What a show, man! What a show! That man, was fun. That show was that. Sh- I had a blast doing that show. There was uh, I've been wanting to talk about it ever since we did it, you know, but uh, didn't want to give out too much about it. Um, you know, of course, without without it goes without saying, it wasn't for everybody, but. Man, I, I think if you didn't enjoy that, then uh, I don't know how you sit down with that stick up your ass. <laughs> I thought, and it, and I, I don't know if you can see it, but Rock and Roll Express shirt. I've been wearing it all day, showing love to to Ricky and Robert, two of the all time greats. And uh, maybe uh, now that they've been on TNA, we can put them in the Hall of Fame. He has been slack on that shit because they definitely should be in the Tag Team Hall of Fame. Uh, there's so much to talk about in this situation. I was happy to see a lot of uh, local North Carolina talent. One of my friends uh, who played, <laughs> who played the reporter, uh, and you you gave the once over, as you said, Shane. Hey man, I, got, I was just checking out the scene. You know, actually, you know, it was a little cold out there, so I was just making sure she was properly attired. You know, I don't want no frostbite, no hypothermia. I wanted to ask you on this, and what was the temperature like? It was freezing. And so uh, I'm going to tell you, my hat's off. You know, I, you know, I've done film before. And, you know, when you do a movie set, it was very similar when you're on a movie set. Because sometimes uh, what you're seeing on screen isn't exactly how it is. It could be freezing out there. But you got to act like you're nice and warm. So when you saw, like, Trevor and Andrew in the back of that pickup truck and we're driving down the street, those guys are freezing. Man, but they held it together. And uh, I was freezing at some point because I did get wet from the lake of swampness. That was uh, the reincarnation. And, man, we were, we were cold, freezing. But, man, my hat's off to everybody that, you know, everybody just came together. And, and I, I love the way it all turned out. 
North Carolina weather is a lot like here in Kentucky. Like it'll be 75 and sunny one day and the next day you've like got to leave your water dripping or else your pipes are going to freeze. So yeah, we get all four seasons in one week. That's how we do it. Yeah. So, I mean, they're in the back of a truck driving down a road or a field or whatever the hell they're in, probably freezing their asses off because they don't wear anything but their skivvies out there. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, damn. But that was the that was the insanity of it. You know, you can't – the insanity was – because in real life, you know, when the way we dress, like when I do comic cons or whatever convention, wrestling conventions, and I'm in the hotel, the most uncomfortable moment of all of that is coming from my room down to the convention floor when I'm in that outfit and I'm outside of a wrestling setting. You know, wearing that costume, you know, it only fits in the world of wrestling. So that's one thing that we knew would be great that – these guys were in the woods or whatever, but you had to still be in your wrestling gear. You know, that, that was a little thing that we all agreed upon. How long before TNA and WWE get into a bidding war over Maxwell Hardy? Because let's see, he's beaten Disco Inferno, a former WWE Cruiserweight champion, and he beat Rockstar Spud, a former X Division champion, I believe. He seems like a prime target for 205 Live. You know, I mean, he's definitely a prodigy, definitely a future prospect, a future blue chipper, they would say, you know, undefeated. You know, uh, I think it's going to be him against Goldberg pretty soon. I think, you know, streak, streak versus streak, I think that's what we got to go with. It's what we got to book. So Maxwell comes out in a, in a goddamn power wheels. Uh, oh, yeah, and I uh, Props to uh, Fightful.com, whoever was tweeting from uh, y'all's account last night, for uh, making sure everybody knew that the car was motorized in case there was anyone out there who actually believed that a one-year-old was driving the car. It may have been uh, remote control. May have. But who knows? It might have been the seven deities. That's that's, uh, Pat Fannin. That's all on Pat Fannin there, pulling back the curtain. To show everybody what's really going on. I'm glad he let um, everyone know because there were deep concerns. <laughs> Spud, <laughs> Spud gets tasered by Senor Benjamin, and Maxwell wins. Um, we get this report as the Helms Dynasty drives in, as we said. Uh, Chris or CL Party. I don't want to say her real name. I don't want creepos adding her or anything. But CL Party from CWF Mid Atlantic was there. Uh, that anchor was that an actual anchor man? Because he looked like he seemed like a very natural anchor man. I, I have no idea who that guy is. I know he did a tremendous job. You know, a couple of times they kept going back to him. You know, uh, that was great. And finally, when he had to bail, <laughs> he, he nailed it, man. He nailed. You know, I don't know what he does, but we we, we need to put that guy under contract. I have been critical of Josh Matthews' commentary in the past. I thought he did a badass job for this show. I thought he did an incredible job, especially with the ridiculousness of Vanguard 1 showing up. <laughs> and they, <laughs> he's like, this, <laughs> this isn't is- an intergender match. It's an inner something match. I don't know what it is. But uh, – I I also liked Sienna like throwing jabs at Vanguard One as it as it flies around her. The absurdity uh, the absurdity of it was you know uh, that's what got me. I remember I texted her uh, pretty quickly after I saw that. I was like I love the jabs because that was something I didn't see because yeah. we were filming a lot of these things. Like while they were filming that, we were filming something somewhere else. We did a lot of stuff out of sequence and stuff, and so I I missed that and. Uh, 
her throwing jabs at the drone. <laughs> you know, drone violence is not condoned apparently in TNA. We couldn't have that. So, um, so that, I also like the little the little quips that Vanguard One was putting up. This is BSAF. That was that was a huge pop. That was a huge pop uh, for me. I'm gonna tell you the one of the biggest telling points for me watching was uh, my fiance Karen was sitting there watching with me and. I can't not remember the last time she sat through two hours of wrestling with me. And not only did she sit there and watch it, she was entertained and was glued. It was not like doing anything else. She was actually, you know, uh, interested to see what was going to happen next. You know, I can't, I know I beat it to death, but unpredictability to me is what makes wrestling great. And there's no way anybody could predict what we were going to do. This seems like a good formula. Like, obviously, you couldn't, you probably couldn't do this every week. There, there's no way. But what TNA has been doing is they had the contract signing in the summer. They had uh, Delete or Decay. Then they got this, and they spaced it out over a few months, and it's really worked. It's been a formula that, that paid off. Uh, is that something that you all, like, said, like, well, we, we can't do this all the time? You have the broken mat stuff every week, but, like, the specials. Like like this this is this was an event like everybody I knew that liked wrestling on Twitter was talking about this. Yeah, I'm not sure it's something you can do all the time, uh, and but also the buildups are what make it good. You know, the build up to the event. You know, um, so yeah, it's, it, I think wrestling fans still want wrestling. You know, they, we so we we have to get back to what we do. If we're doing this all the time, it might not stand out as much. But I definitely think that there's going to be elements of what we're doing that are going to evolve and so that we can, you know, you'll never grow if you're doing the exact same thing. You know, we're trying to do new stuff and, and it might not all, always work. You know, uh, it never does for anybody. Nobody bats a thousand in this business uh, from a creative end, I should say. And, um, but some of the stuff that we tried, it, it went, we knocked it out of the park on a lot of things. I mean, if you even look at something that you wouldn't think about the, the music, the sound effects that was throughout the show, just the interlaying of little songs and little moments. Like, man, there's some talented people that were working their ass off to make that stuff happen. So you don't see that in other wrestling shows. We just got these weird, you know, soundtrack. There's a soundtrack to the show. Whatever that boy band music, that three count that that they brought out, man, like that was cool. I want to see more stuff like that, more stuff like um, the just new and exciting things. ODB showed up and answered the challenge of, of Sienna and uh, Sienna, Sienna hit the silencer for the pin, but ODB ends up allowing Vanguard one to motorboat her um, in true ODB style. You know, ODB, she's the, she's the party girl. And I, I, I like that being a, I like that little, uh, Hey, it's not just for kids segment, you know? Because we did yeah. a lot of crazy stuff, but your ODB was like, hey, there's guys watching this show too, and I like that man. I, you know, uh, the PG era in, in pro wrestling is really the G era because it's held under a much more stricter microscope than any other PG show. And so, uh, I'm not a fan of PG shows. I'm just not. I know people think I'm the comic book guy. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in comics that is not for kids. You know. A lot of comics I wouldn't let my kids read. You know, I'm not a fan of PG stuff. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't even understand why violence itself would be considered PG. We had to beat the shit out of each other. You know, even though we know what's going to happen, you're still getting hurt. There's nothing PG about that. Um, so hopefully, you know, uh, I think now more than ever, 
uh, teenagers got a chance to really push the envelope, just get back to some of that attitude that pro wrestling used to have so that it's not just for kids. For kids, yes, but be something kind of family guyish where we can slide in some jokes and in your window there that the kids might not get, but the parents, you know, that we can be entertained by it too. Explain Itchweed to me. You explain Itchweed to me. <laughs> uh, uh, that's Jeff Hardy, man. That's Jeff Hardy being Jeff Hardy. That's what that is. I can't pretend I was the biggest fan of this situation, but I looked at it and I was like, that's that's Jeff Hardy. That's what Jeff Hardy does. One thing I liked, he switched up his moveset for this different character. Like he made a conscious change to do things different. Uh, (laughs) What goes on in Jeff Hardy's head? Have you ever seen any insight in the decades that you've known him? Any real insight? He's just just Besides besides the painting behind you, which explains plenty the living tribunal behind me. He's a, I mean, he's just a unique guy. He kind of, you know, sings his own songs. And I think there's music constantly playing in his head. I mean, he's a, he's a true artist. You know, he's going to do things his own way. Like uh, nobody else could come up with it. You know, and probably nobody else should come up with an it. Um, <laughs> but that's Jeff, you know, he is an, an, an enigma, you know, that's, there's no other way to, to really describe Jeff, but, you know, Itchweed's one of those things where Jeff can get away with that. Anybody else doing Itchweed, you know, we were like, we would be cussing him out, like, well, that is so stupid. But yeah. for some reason, for Jeff, it works. It works, it works to the degree had... that Itchweed works, I should say. Yeah. He had Chet Sterling in a sleeper hold, and he also fell asleep. You want me to tell you, you want, me, you want to shoot right here? I thought the motherfucker passed out. <laughs> <laughs> we were. I was on headset, right? Because I'm an agent, uh, and I thought it was hurt. I thought it's like, what the hell happened? I thought I missed something. I thought like maybe a shoot, because you know we watch. You know, you and I both such big MMA fans, enthusiasts. Uh, I thought maybe his uh, gear somehow had like cut his wind off. Choked it was him. Choked, yeah, and I thought he accidentally. And uh, but no, he's just the sleeper hold. It even put him asleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean that. that- that can't happen to Taz's Kate Hajime choke, the Taz mission. That is supposed to be a gi choke. Like he puts the hand behind and blocks off one right. carotid artery, pulls the gi across to choke the other. So, oh, man, that was something. Uh, this Eddie Edwards-Lashley thing, I'll tell you yeah. why I like this so much, Shane. I think you all kind of knew a lot of people were tuning in for Apocalypto, and they were also a part of it, and it really furthered a storyline that maybe some people who hadn't tuned into TNA in a while, they got to see and experience and realize the lengths that these two guys were willing to go. They went through a freaking wall, too. Um, was that wall built for this? Did Matt have to take one for the team and be like, giving up <laughs> one of my walls here? Do you want to break a fourth wall? Uh, yeah, the wall, was built. the wall was built just for that. Okay. But, um I love I love that contrast though because I I was thinking about I tweeted that like just in the midst of this crazy show we got a really fantastic wrestling match you know and, yes. uh, and that that's that's going to be a weird mix that ain't isn't always going to be as seamless you know I, I like the way that we um mixed it together so that they were kind of happening at the same time um and I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny thing that uh I was shooting something or producing something and I happened to look over 
to, to my right and in the woods, that's where Bobby Lashley was strangling Eddie Edwards. And like, I forgot, I didn't even know they were shooting over there. So we're out there, we're cold, we're freezing. I'm kind of concentrating on what I'm doing. And then I look over and I see this beast of a man strangling another human being. And I was like, what the hell is that? I kind of just had forgot it was even going on. And I was like, oh, and you got that, you know, it was a, uh, because Bobby Lashley was there anybody? Was there anybody that was a total weenie about the weather? I am. I don't like weather. If I were out there, I would have been like, damn it, guys, what the hell? Man, dude, honestly, nobody really complained about anything. And there's probably a lot of things to complain about. I know uh, we were filming some stuff and the guys were laying in the ground forever and they were cold, you know. Uh, Some of the guys from CWF, and and these are guys that we use in Omega too when we do our Omega events. I mean, these, these guys were out there, they were just waiting, chomping at the bit for an opportunity to be a part of this. Um, and the situation wasn't ideal, you know, because we're cold and they're in spandex. And spandex, for you people that don't wear spandex, is <laughs> it's not very conducive to cold weather, you know. And, uh, but man, like. Traps uh, in that moisture, too. Oh, and everybody just, and just hung tough, you know. And two, because you were cut like a movie, you would be getting your, your blood going and now you got to cut and you got to wait for cameras to get set up or maybe the volcano wasn't ready or something and they got to keep it warm. <laughs> I know. Imagine that. That's a strange line. Yeah, the volcano wasn't ready. You got, uh, oh, and you guys, you guys keep doing a collar, elbow, tie up over there. I need a tackle drop down over here. And the meanwhile, we're going to blow up a volcano. Um, but yeah, it was much like a movie set. You know, so I never that was, thought that I would ask a question about wrestling and the legitimate excuse would be, well, the volcano wasn't ready. Man, that volcano wasn't ready, man. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh man. So these two start fighting to the outside and throughout this show, we have segments that build up to apocalypto. You have Matt Hardy predicting that someone will fall into the lake of reincarnation which, how did he as know, I said, how did he know apparently, that? Was your, apparently it was your computer, and it reincarnated wow. into a giant pile of shit. But just to saying, but uh, <laughs> we would also get looks back at Matt Hardy's zoo. Alex Pawlowski did an awesome hypothetical piece on all of the, the zoo animals that he suspects Matt Hardy has and didn't show. But uh, George Washington, Joe Frazier, are there any other animals – that Matt Hardy has that are reincarnated that maybe we don't know about. I mean, I can't tell you, man. I can't can't let anything out of the bag. But oh, come on! Never say never. There might there might be some gorillas running around back now. Oh shit! This tag team apocalypto match, Shane. <laughs> tell me you didn't pop for the rock and roll. I popped for like everything, like a lot of. I popped for a, a cherry picker. Yeah, that was like great. My cat. Ricky Morton Can you screaming hear my cat? out of his mullet. Is that your cat? That thing sounds angry. Uh, he's gonna make his his debut. Hey, oh Woody. snap! He looks mad. He always looks mad. He's great though. You need to get a Ricky Morton mullet for the cat, like one of the things that straps around the chin. Go catch, go catch me That's a rat. Need. Yeah, the so, uh, <laughs> well played. When, when I found when I found out that we uh. We're going to get rock and roll, man. I was giddy. I mean, I was just giddy, and I was there yeah. that day waiting for him. You know, and I've, I've worked with them for a lot. You know, I was, um, I was a referee when I was 15, 16. 
and I, I refereed a match for him back in the day, uh, many years ago. All right, cat, shut up. Trying to this film here. It's insane. Yeah, cat came from Matt Zoo. Um, <laughs> what it is, Matt sent that cat, and Vanguard One is up here messing with my computer earlier. But uh, uh, we were all excited, waiting for him to get there, man. You know, and they're so, um, I mean, they were so thankful and. You know, they, they love being a part of it. So that was kind of validation for what we were doing. You know, not that we really needed it, but a little another pat on the ass ain't never going to hurt anybody. But it was really cool for them to be a part of it. So what was – do you know what their reaction was when they were like, okay, so here's what's up? Were they familiar with the mat, broken mat thing? Yeah, yeah, they knew they knew about it. They were – you know, they watched the show and stuff, so – um. Uh, they knew it wasn't going to be your normal tackle drop down, get it again type match. Um, but but let, let me say, Ricky Morton did a sunset flip in this match. Yeah, yeah. They still got it, man. They, those guys still go. Like, you can still see them on the, uh, you know, in the southeast a lot, man. Uh, and I'm sure they travel, you know, they'll travel anywhere, I'm sure. And those guys still, they still rock and roll, pun intended. The uh the spinning toe hole you saw Robert Gibson with the patented spinning toe hole you don't see a good spinning toe hold these days man I loved it oh man a spinning toe hold I I did like it um <laughs> so there were more fireworks of course there were Not plenty of fireworks. of fireworks shooting at each other Vanguard one had fireworks one what of were the challenges of that. Uh, one of them beamed Abyss in the face too. It looked like I didn't. Oh, uh, wow! I saw I saw that. If you go back and watch it, when they were shooting at each other, Vanguard One and Abyss, it looked like one of them popped. But you know, uh, I never heard you. I mean, I can't imagine it felt good. But I don't who flies know. the drone? Who is the talented son of a bitch that flies that drone? Man, I can't tell you, man. You can't have all the secrets, kid. You can't have all the secrets. Good Just watch God. the show. Just watch the show. This ain't the Wizard of Oz. I am impressed with whoever flies that drone because one, they get some amazing shots, like just some outstanding shots. And <laughs> now I will say this: that drone may or may not have ended up in a tree during the shoot, and Jeff Hardy climbed to absurd heights to get it out of the tree. Of and we're all he did. we're all just knowing he's going to fall out of this tree. I mean, I mean, to the a tree that was probably thirty-five going into forty feet high. And, like, the top part is all limber and fragile, and we're like, this is going to break, and here it goes. But uh, he was set in his mind that he could save the drone, and he wouldn't have been got it. Crazy bastard. I am just not surprised by any of that, like, by the fact that he that he did that. That he's okay, a maniac, so, yeah. Uh, there starts to be – their teams start to form at the gate. You got a bunch of CWF guys, and I, I'm a big fan of uh, CWF. Rockstar Spud's there chirping to Abyss and Crazy Steve, and he's like, "My opponent or my partner's coming. He's way bigger than you. He is way bigger than you." Uh, I don't know what name we're allowed to use in this, but it was this horn swoggle. I heard he's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Really, we really like that. Uh, you know, I wanted, I kind of wanted more of a face-off with him in Abyss in the beginning before they snatched him away. But uh, I think time was strange. We had to edit some things down. Um, I popped for that. You know, you know, uh, 
He's a great character. He might be the most over little person in the history of the business, that Dylan Post, if that's how you pronounce his last name, if that even is his real name. Um, you know, he was fun, you know, uh, and that was the last minute replacement too. There was something that happened. Uh, uh, I can't remember what exactly it was, but, uh, you know, I had to make that phone call with Dylan just a couple of days ahead and, you know, set up travel, getting there. Uh, he was one of the guys that I went to the airport to pick up. Um, and, you know, you think of me, I've been in this business going on 30 years. Why am I got, why have I got airport duty? Why am I on, you know, airport shuttle service? But uh, that's just another thing. There was so many people there that, you know, picked up the slack. You know, we couldn't fly the whole entire company into North Carolina for this. You know, there's still budget restraints. You know, so we had some personnel limitations, but man, everybody just started picking up the slack, did way more than they would normally do. You know, stuff like that. I'm going to remember stuff like that more so than, and I think this will be the same for everybody. I think you remember things like that more than everything going absolutely perfect. You know, stuff, when everything goes absolutely perfect, I don't think you will even remember it sometimes. But, you know, this, like, go to the airport? Yeah, I'll go get him. Shane ain't on my way, but I'll go get him. <laughs> You know, so I'm you really glad it worked last out. Minute, you mentioned that was a last minute situation. I really hope that the original plan was to have like great Kali and then he was the replacement. I think I think one of the names mentioned was Bundy. If that could have oh, worked nice. if that could have worked <laughs> out, that would have been great. But if no, we could have had Bundy. You could have put him in Bundy's gear and just pretended it was him. It probably felt the same when he did that frog splash on Spud. Oh yeah. So yeah. Hornswoggle gets rather pissed off at at Spud throughout this situation, and I believe power bombs him, and then hits the tadpole splash. The tadpole, probably the and heaviest frog splash of all time. I think that was my wife watched the show with me. That was that was her biggest pop was the tadpole splash. I don't think she had ever seen Hornswoggle wrestle. Of course, she was familiar with him. You got to have a WLC match between him and Spud. Spud's got to be livid about this. <laughs> Maybe so. I mean, you know, he was tweeting about it. He was pretty. He was pretty hot. You know, he uh, he did the job to a one year old and then got beat down by <laughs> Hornswoggle. So I don't know if that was the best night for Spud. He's real good at his job, Rockstar Spud. Yeah, just not real good at wrestling. Hey, you'll have that. No, no, no. He's good. Man. He's good. Yeah, he's a talented guy, man. Very charismatic. He's a charismatic little feller. I remember, uh, like, whether it's heel or face, he can really just capture your emotion like that. The match with uh, EC3 in England yeah, really, yeah. really comes to mind because it, it was so good. Like, that was that was such a roller coaster of a match, and it ends with – EC3 beating him up in front of his family, making him bleed, all that. So uh, a very talented guy. I think Rockstar Spud's very, very underrated. Yeah. yeah Crazy Steve killed a man on this man. broadcast. We There was no clarification whether this young man had departed the earth. All you heard the, was the breaking of a neck. Hey, I wrestled for four months with a broken neck. Kurt Angle what? won a gold medal with a broken neck. There's no hey, I, clarification that this young man may or may not have went to the nether realm. I'm just saying. Listen, listen. I've done a couple wrestling tournaments with a broken neck. However, there wasn't somebody standing six feet away from me that said, your boy dead. <laughs> hey, man. That was just commentary. Just commentary. That was, I don't know if that was a professional. 
I, I can't I can't ascertain the credentials of this young man that said your boy dead. But oh, he did. He said your boy dead. Uh, uh, we'll give those guys those guys credit too because they just said that in the background on their own, and we had to make sure we capture it. Like, say that again. Say that again. <laughs> they pinned the. They pinned the wrestlers who were not named but allegedly murdered, which I thought was fantastic. Oh, God. Uh, I'll say this. Braun Strowman's got some work to do uh, in these enhancement matches because Decay's murdering people, allegedly. Allegedly murdering people. Hey, man, I never saw no bodies. And you can't have a murder without a body. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I watch a lot of Investigation Discovery, and that is indeed true. I think I saw that on Tombstone. Uh, Lancelot and Harlan, the uh, Bravado brothers, show up, well-dressed. They they enter. Well, what was that like going about uh, getting them? Who have they, they haven't been regulars, have they? No, no, they haven't. I've been uh, trying to get them. Um, they've been on my list of people that I wanted to use in TNA for, for a while. Uh, along with others, there's there's a lot of people that uh, I, I would like to use. The uh, indie scene is just, well, I mean, unless WWE just gives every damn body a contract, um, <laughs> which if they do, good for everybody, you know, get get paid. But, uh, you know, I've, I've wanted to use them, and I've been looking for a spot, and I'm uh, so glad that we got to use them. They're really talented, and they, they've come a long way uh, since since the Ring of Honor days. You know, they, they stay pretty busy, you know, consistently busy consistently getting better so uh, i like those guys a lot they did pretty well they lasted quite a while they lasted a hell of a lot longer than anybody else making their tna debuts did on this show yeah yeah <laughs> they, they, they did pretty good so uh, i'd like to see more of them in tna so uh, to the people that to the people that make those contracts uh they're gonna get my vote yeah, they definitely got my vote now uh, i don't know how much weight that carries i think it's gonna i think it's starting to carry more and more with a uh, as time goes by, but um, you know, like I said, I like them, so I hope to see more of them. So, are there any of the other people that we saw maybe for the first time, whether they even be from CWF, or we going to see any of them in TNA moving forward in, in, in any role, even if it's like maybe an enhancement spot? Uh, I definitely hope one so, I don't. Man. I hope so. I hope we could do uh, stuff with guys a lot like that. You know, um, uh, Corey Hollis, and uh, he was the one that got murdered by you. I think <laughs> um, John Schuyler was there, you know, so uh, those guys you, you've seen on NXT uh, a couple of times. And I know we used John Schuyler at a Bound for Glory a few years ago, but it may have been a dark match. I don't know if it was uh, on the uh, actual broadcast. Um, uh, you see them pop up anywhere, hopefully with TNA, but they're talented enough to be uh, anywhere. The uh, Ugly Ducklings are a pretty good uh, combo. Um, do a lot of stuff with CWF and another group. Uh, PWX is a company here in North Carolina. There's a lot of stuff with this guy. There's, there's, you know, Kobe Carino was, was uh, among uh, amongst them. Yeah, uh, he was there. He was, uh, also from see really thick talent, especially for any kind of in the middle of nowhere, Burlington, North Carolina. Um, yeah, there's a lot of talent there. You mentioned Corey Hollis was the one that may have allegedly got murdered. He actually did face Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman couldn't murder him. See? 
There you go. But Crazy Steve, you're getting them pals. You never know. I was thinking about that because he's, I remember he was the one they said, why are you doing this? And he said, because I'm getting paid $500 or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Gosh, this show. Where where are we next? Yeah. Okay, of course. But the move, the move that allegedly uh, killed Corey Hollis. What what did that remind you of? Did that remind you of anything old school? Steven Seagal. No, come on, wrestling related. Damn it, Steven Seagal. In school? No, I said wrestling re- wrestling related. Oh, old school wrestling. I said. Oh, okay. I don't know. That was Zeus. Oh yeah, Zeus would do the <laughs> rip. The human wrecking machine. How dare you, Sean Ross Sapp? I tried to black out name. Zeus's. I tried to black out Zeus's wrestling run well, for my life. I like. I like to remember him. Oh God, I like to remember him as Debo. Man, he's Zeus. It would have been better if Crazy Steve said, "My bike, punk." That would have been cool. Like, really brought that back. Of course, we had. <laughs> The Hardys doing battle with the Helms dynasty. There's a lot to this. You are all over this show, Shane. Um, if that is your real name at this point. Indeed. So they're fighting in the back of a truck. That had to be cold as hell. Um, I was warm. Where did you? Yeah, I was, in the, all, I was are, in the cab with the heat. Are you all risking any trouble for smashing each other's faces into, into government property here? Nah. Cops came one time. Did they? Yeah, they said, ah, keep going. (laughs) So they were, I'm (laughs) guessing they know who Matt and Jeff Hardy are, and probably you as well. They probably heard tale. You know, (laughs) but the the traffic, none of that stuff. You you saw an 18-wheeler come, you know, (laughs) plowing by a train. (laughs) We heard that train. Everybody's, you know, this stuff all came together so great. I'm so happy about it, as you can tell. I'm giddy. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much. Now. That's the thing. I'm, 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 I'm towing a line here. Not to give away apparently, too many apparently our audio is a little behind. That's not good. Oh, boy. But uh, we'll get to this while we have a good connection. Okay. <laughs> you got physically involved in this situation. And you were knocked into the lake of reincarnation, Shane. I think there's more what of a swamp. Happened? It was a swamp. Man, that's some stinky-ass water. Were those platforms that you danced on as a member of Three Count when Sugar Shame came back, did you still have those, or did they produce those? No, I did not still have the green circles <laughs> from 15 years ago. You never know. So, uh, no, who, who it, better it was... It was answers, Andrew and Trevor or Evan and Shannon? Uh, I think, I mean, you got to go with Evan and Shannon, but uh, I don't think Drew and Trevor had the time to prepare. They didn't have the, the hours that we put into the dance routines that me, Shannon, and Evan had. You know, uh, that was a good one. That was a, that one got the, the biggest pops, I think. I knew the hurricane thing. The hurricane was going to be cool. I knew that was going to be cool. But the, the three count, you know, with the with the glasses on and all that stuff, man, uh, that worked that worked out great. A ton of feedback. That was I ain't got that much feedback on anything in a while, you know. <laughs> no, no, you know, in a while from last night. And I'm talking about people in the business. You know, I get a text from Chris Jericho and 
3 a.m. or something, you know, three count, baby. You know, everybody's just, <laughs> you know, different people in the industry and stuff. So, uh, man, I'm glad. You know, once again, I talk about three count. We were only three count for like nine or ten months. It's amazing that people still remember that, man. And it, it, it makes you feel good to know that something that you did 15 years ago, uh, 15, 16 years ago, whatever. Uh, and only for 10 months still resonates with people a little bit. A three count and the young dragons were one of the few things keeping me watching that show for a while. Like it was something different on that show that I hadn't seen. I'll say this. Uh, there's no way that Andrew and Trevor could be worse singers than you all because damn, you posted that video today. You all needed auto tune chain real bad. I don't know what you're talking about. Man. Oh, that I think was that's subje- I think that's subjective. And it shows your lack of musical integrity. I think you're all singing voices were straight. Duty. A duty. Uh, you end up going back in to the, the swamp of reincarnation. And you come back out. Are you legally allowed to be wearing what you wore on TV? Did you all just get bored and said, bring on some more lawsuits. We're ready for them. That uh, that logo H two H is my Highway to Helms logo, and the Mass logo is mine. So. Cool. So, hey, yeah, so you're really clear. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know. I was like, they you know, I don't have. And there's there is some of that. There's some of that. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I mean, I left WWE on good terms. No matter what people think, man, I I have a great relationship with everybody up there. You know, knock on wood. Hopefully that don't never change. But um, you know, as long as uh. You, you can do things like that as long as it's uh, – don't say well, that don't say that name. You know, when I said step back, I'm coming through instead of the stand back, you know. Yeah. I just have fun with it, you know. Um, and I think even with the big line at the end, you know, there's no animosity with us in WWE. <laughs> and I think fans want to create this real animosity, but there's not, man. We're having, we're having a blast. Yeah, I got that question a lot. You all <laughs> had the line with the shovels. And it was a great visual. It's actually the the uh, thumbnail picture on our podcast right now of you and Matt with yeah. shovels. And Matt says, even the man with three H's couldn't bury talent like we did. I'm not sure who that he's was, talking about. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about the heroic Hurricane Helms. Bam! That must be it. Yeah, I think That so. must be it. Huh. Uh, yeah, that's just man. We're having fun. We're having a blast. If, if it, you know, if it gets under somebody's skin, they'll be okay. They'll survive. Tell me what goes through your mind as you are stomping out a boat. Man, that boat deserved it. Um, it pushed a lot of buttons. It interfered in a match that it had no business being in. You know, it's dilapidated. So. Uh, we beat the shit out of that boat. I'm going to tell you, I had bruises on my hands, wrists, and elbows, so we beat the fuck out of that boat. I'm going to tell it you, I like defeated against boats. I beat a boat's ass. You looked like the guy, uh, have you ever seen Office Space where they're beating the shit out of the fax yep. machine? Yep. And they got to drag them off. You were pounding on it with your forearms. I was like, that, that's that got to hurt because that, that looks like an old-ass yep. boat. Back when they actually yeah. cared about how things were produced. Yeah, it's made out of like army tank material. <laughs> thick. So. Oh, I love that the boat <laughs> broke up the pin. <laughs> the boat broke up the pin. Who pitched that idea? Uh, I can't even remember. 
<laughs> I don't know, but I remember everybody popping like, oh, you know, such a collaborative effort. You know, there were a lot of guys there that were that were chipping in on different things, man. And that's what I love about this environment right here. You know, of course, there's a, there's a couple of people like at, at the top, you know, and they're kind of handling things. But if there's a good idea coming from whoever, like, oh, that's a great idea, you know, bring it, bring it, you know. Uh, so, man, I can't remember exactly whose idea that was. That, that might have been a mad, though. That might have been a mad thing. What's up with the dynasty now? Uh, you're going you're gonna to have to stay tuned. Keep watching TNA Impact Wrestling, 8 o'clock Thursday nights on Pop TV to get the answer for what <laughs> lies ahead for that Helms dynasty. Have you heard from either one of those two since then? Besides them breaking into your home, screwing with the audio settings on your computer, and then leaving. I think they're still digging their way out of them holes. <laughs> it's, oh, man. It's, it's kind of a cool pleasure to be working with those guys. You know, I've known them both since they were kids. And, uh, you know, like in TNA, man, <laughs> just it's such a weird sort of the way things work in life and uh, in a career like this that, that now I'm managing these two kids. Like I never would have thought that. Not even two years ago would I have thought I'd be managing, you know, uh, Andrew Everett and Trevor Lee, but man, it, it turned out to be really cool. And what and, and we got some cool stuff uh, planned, but I can't tell you what it is. You're gonna have to watch. We have a question. Uh, Graham Williams asks if TNA would benefit from seasons of shows rather than year-round programming uh, to show the benefits of having more time and freedom to edit, think outside the box, things like that. This show would have been perfect. In well, I mean, it's still pretty damn good anyway. Uh, has there ever been any thought to that? Uh, maybe from a uh, health standpoint. Hold on one second. You got to leave, buddy? Um, no, but I was saying Cameo. we could bring some of the on Poppy's um, new house because um, Cameo. the investor there, and I'm so said that I could see Yeah, If I'll take you over there? Yeah. Okay. I got you. I'm actually live here uh, working right now. Okay. This is being recorded. He is you also gotta, a better singer you gotta, you gotta and say, dancer than Shane Helms. He is officially a better singer I'll than be Shane Helms. Minutes, I uh, like, I don't know why he didn't just have his kids sing instead of him. He actually can sing. He actually can sing pretty good. It couldn't get much worse than you, Shane. Hey, man, I got a CD. Do you got a CD? CD's nuts. And I'm a song, and I'm a you know legit songwriter. I'm a credited songwriter. So are you, are you Sean Rice? I have that. I bet that album went triple Tupperware, didn't it? Hey, man, don't worry about it. Anyway, what, what were we talking? I don't even know what the hell we talking about. Some show that was on last night. Anyway, still lots more to Rock and Roll Express. The Hardys going at it. They're up in freaking cherry pickers throwing punches at each other. Then Is Matt, that the technical name for that, cherry picker? I think so. I think it's what you – or whatever the hell they are. Either way, um, the, the cranes, whatever they may be. One, <laughs> Ricky Morton gets lifted in the air and throws like an old man fit up there. Damn it! I Put think, me down! I think he legit has a thing with heights, too. I think that's oh, legit. Man. I think that's right. it came Didn't about. Did he have a bunch of scaffold matches back in the day? Uh, they had a few. They even acknowledged, they made the mention to that, the Skywalkers. You know, yeah. uh, the Skywalkers, I think their first one was actually the Road Warriors and the Midnights, but... Uh, when they would, I think they would just call them Skywalker matches after that anyway. Yeah. Because Cornette blew his knees out in that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. 
So I wonder, they, I, wonder they if, I wonder if Cornette watched it. Oh, God. What do you think that he thought of it? Uh, it kind of depended if he knew what to expect. You know, uh, it definitely wasn't a, what would be Cornette's regular alley. And, uh, I mean, I love Jim. So, uh, But, yeah. you know, when you like people, you got to understand that not everybody likes what you like. It it, it doesn't sure. bother me that he might not like that. So uh, it's not going to make me hate Jim Cornette. What, you know, it would take a lot to make me hate Jim Cornette. He's a you know, brilliant man, and I respect him people that came before me, you know, so, uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure with the Maxwell thing, ah, I'm pretty sure if he was going bananas, if he was just killing to fucking business, if he was expecting a, you know, uh, if he was expecting Ric Flair and Rick Steamboat from <laughs> the Music City Showdown, if that's what he was expecting, uh, he, he might, uh, he might've got a little bit irate, but, um, yeah. I'm always interested to hear his take on, on situations like this, because some of it I agree with, some of it I don't, but, Hey, the subjective nature of it is what I, I like so much about wrestling. Yeah, all uh, is in Ricky, the eye of the beholder. Ricky Morton gets lifted in the air. Uh, Jeff Hardy does a swanton out of the crane, but uh, Gibson moves. Gibson wins up eating, that life. Yeah. Gibson ends up eating a twist of fate, and the Rock and Roll Express are eliminated. They're oh, done. damn. Dang. Now – one of the biggest pops of the evening for me was Road Warrior Animal showing up and looking up there and laughing at uh, Ricky Morton stranded in the sky. <laughs> See, when's the last time you seen a Road Warrior Animal on the show? Oh, man. That was fun stuff. I liked that. And, like, there there aren't a lot of characters from 1990s wrestling that my wife is familiar with. She wasn't a fan then. But and I don't. I'm not a big wrestling shirt guy. But I used to buy anything with the Road Warriors on it because they're, they're they're just they're the best. So she immediately recognized them, and that was cool. Was he actually there? Was he on Everybody set? Everybody was there, man. This ain't the Wizard of Oz. Don't worry about it, Sean Ross. <laughs> if that is your I, real name, I know the answer to that too. Hey, yeah, I'm got to be a reporter too. Got to do my job. Got to do my job. Hey, our Thursday co-host, Matt Riddle, him and AIW had it out. I don't, I don't think he was too happy that I went and got a comment from AIW, too. I got to do my job, guys. Got to do it. The Decay are by the gates, and <laughs> James Storm shows up with several members of the DCC. Uh, they get taken out uh, by the Decay, except for Storm. All of a sudden, one of the guys takes uh, – his mask off, and he's just a dude who showed up by revealing the location on GPS. <laughs> Gets knocked out and pinned, and James Storm is pissed because that eliminates his team. <laughs> well, where were the other members of the DCC? Hey. Allegedly. That one guy, too, man, he keeps coming back, that trucker fella, that old trucker fella. He uh, Apparently, I think he likes these ass whoopings he's getting because you got to think, like – me in my life, if anybody ever whooped my ass, I never needed a rematch. Like, if you're going to straight up just whoop my ass, like, one's good, you know? Hey, bro, you want a rematch? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but I think he likes it, man. So uh, he keeps coming back for more. And there might be some more for him to have. The volcano erupted. You emerged from the lake of reincarnation. You flew through the air, headed back to the fight. Action 7 News cuts into the broadcast again. <laughs> and uh, they say that the fate of everyone uh, rests in the hands of the Hardys. They are uh, the Decay are attacking Brother Nero in the ring. 
Andrew or uh, Trevor Lee, Andrew Everett go after Matt Hardy. Abyss gets Janice out. Now, it's not often we actually get to see somebody hit with Janice, but the beauty of the way this is filmed is we actually get to see that come to fruition. It finally worked. Janice worked. Janice is a hell of a lot more intimidating than, than uh, what's the thing on Walking Lucille. Dead? Lucille. Lucille. Yeah. That's what Much we need. Terrifying. That needs to be a next match. Lucille versus Janice. See who wins. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's when we should have brought in Jimmy Wayne Gang and killed him. With his bus? Have you yeah, seen his bus, his bus that he does? Yeah, because <laughs> when the the when the season premiere of Walking Dead happened this year, I put Rest in Peace Glenn, and I put a picture of Jimmy Wayne Gang up. Oh, Jesus. And every, Jimmy <laughs> popped immediately. I sent it to him first. You, you know how PC everybody else is these days. But they literally look a lot alike. It isn't one of those, yeah. oh, all, everybody looks alike. They look a lot alike, so. Jimmy popped huge, and then I put it up. Did you ever see the picture that Matt tweeted a few years ago of just some bearded, bigger fellow at a wrestling show, and he said, I'm here with Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, that's what that reminds me of. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you all defeated, buried the dynasty. They're eliminated. Uh, we... <laughs> We cut to the Lashley facing off with Eddie Edwards things. Now, they've been beating the living shit out of each other throughout this entire thing. Like, just still from the match earlier. Technically, yeah. their match went over an hour. Technically. There's got to be a record somewhere. Hey. It'll be a record in Cameron, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Hornswoggle goes to dive at Lashley's leg and just bounces off. Yeah, it was tried, fantastic. He tried to hit him with that spear, and he just uh, didn't have quite the effect that Bobby's has. So, slightly different. Does Matt stay in character during filming? I hope he does. That character's not far removed from who Matt is anyway. So, <laughs> Those are the <laughs> best characters. The best characters ever are just slightly you know, altered and elevated versions of who you really are anyway. So, it worked out well. Let's look back at the beginning of when Matt became broken. I, as this happened, I sent him, and I published this on Twitter, and this was months ago. I said, hey, Matt, do you have time for a short interview to talk about Slammiversary and some other things soon? He replies with, no. You were not there to support Matt Hardy when he was on top of the world. You disavowed me and broke my spirit. You don't deserve to speak with me or be exposed to my essence. You do not even deserve this response. Be gone. Keep in mind, I had interviewed Matt probably a half a dozen times before that, so that was indeed <laughs> not true. Um, uh, I did not. I, like uh, I did support him. Also, about a week later, he called me and left a voicemail on my phone that said, "I hope your day is full of desolation. Goodbye." Desolation. Desolation. Yeah, and that was that was it. Well, I got to trust Matt's instinct on that. I think his uh, the power of the seven de deities told him that you were a vile human being, and it revealed your true nature to him. So he was probably. I've there. gotten along with, I've gotten with along with Matt fabulously since then. Uh, he spoke of his love of sweaters for a solid month, but I mean, hey, hey, I, I'm a fan of nice sweaters too. So garbage. Come on. Come on. So overall, man, overall, give me your thoughts. Overall, two thumbs up, 
total nonstop deletion. I loved it. Oh, I, I loved it, it. especially oh, Apocalypto. I mean, Crazy Steve got shot out of a damn volcano. Oh, I was crying when I saw that. I thought another man had died. I thought it was like karma biting him in the ass. You don't bite Crazy Steve in the ass, Sean Moss. That's true. What if you're Shark Boy? <laughs> shark Boy will bite an ass. We need yeah. to get Shark Boy down to TNA again. I was at an indie show that Shark Boy was at, and he spent about 12 minutes trying to bite somebody's ass. Was it yours? No. And then right after that, Eugene was there, and he tried to shove his, shove his thumb up a guy's ass. So I'm, like, wondering what happens again. if Shark Was it yours? Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm wondering what happens if Shark Boy and Eugene clash in that situation. I think if they team up, the other guys are going to have some astronomical problems. Uh, it's like, it turns into like a human centipede situation. That pun was asinine. Yes, it was terrible. It was terrible. I feel like you have these written down on a post-it note somewhere next to your computer. What is that? Is that piss? We talked about piss drinking on, on the show last night. Oh, Machida? Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, – <laughs> I, I, he don't really uh, shy away from telling people that for the wrestling fans tuning in, Leota Machida is a former UFC uh, light heavyweight champion. Who you wakes up anybody every morning, piss willingly? Wakes up every morning and drinks his, the first piss of the day. Okay. He, he himself has that morning piss and then proceeds to drink it. I have no idea. Uh, no, no, I don't know anybody who drinks their own piss or any other piss for that matter. And <laughs> listening to his reasoning that it provides some type of vitamins or nutrients that I'm vitamins. almost positive, positive you can go to GNC and get any of that shit. And you, that doesn't taste like piss. Or maybe, you know, maybe those new Mio's that you flavor water, like maybe he can flavor the piss a little bit and help himself out. And I know we just went off on a tangent there, but yeah, that is a strange thing. But no, that is just Mio, Mio flavored water. I drink a lot of water. Did you know that uh, Machida, Daniel Bryan, and Shinsuke Nakamura roomed together in L.A. at one point? Why? Uh, New Japan Dojo. Yeah, Leoto Machida. Yeah. Hmm. He was, and uh, Daniel Bryan said that, you know, Machida is Brazilian, Nakamura is Japanese, and they both spoke enough English to hate each other. Imagine being in that house with a young Nakamura and a young Machida. Why did they hate each, each other? Throats. Don't know. Maybe just competitive. Uh, who, who the hell knows? Maybe Daniel Bryan was so likable. And he is. He is a very likable human being. Maybe he was so likable that they had to counterbalance it out and hate each other or else, you know. I don't know. Daniel Bryan's a giant bully. Did you ever see that thing where he's, like, picking on Ryback for a full hour on that table for three? It's kind of funny. I don't know. Giant is the word to use. But uh, I know he couldn't couldn't bully the Miz. The Miz came with the hammer on his ass. Yeah. Indeed. So – are we going to be able to look forward to more things like total nonstop deletion in the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Awesome. I think so. And uh, I think I think you're going to see, you know, coming forward 2017, you're going to see a lot more little things done in TNA, uh, utilizing different talents in different ways, telling stories in a different way. Um, you know, wrestling is still what this is going to be about. It's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a pro wrestling show at its heart, you know. Uh, but we just want to go about it in a different way these days. You know, uh, fans have evolved. You know, they're definitely not the, you know, they're not going to buy a headlock for 20 minutes anymore. You know, uh, sports, all sports have evolved. 
the athleticism is better because the athletes are better, you know, and nobody ever wants to say that, that today's athletes are better than yesteryear. But, you know, because especially when you're one of the people, you want to think that your generation was the greatest, but that's just not how shit works, you know. In all sports, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, they're just damn better. You can watch the Olympics from this past year and go watch gymnastics from 30 years ago, man. It's like child's play, you know, how how much better people are today at different things. So, um, you know, with that being said, there's only so much you can do. Like, uh, there's only so many flips you can see in the ring as far as raising a bar, what happens in the ring. So we're going to tell stories in different, you know, in the different degrees uh, and get the different ways. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting. And it's, like I said earlier, it's not always going to be home runs, but there will be some grand slams. You know, there might be a strikeout here and there, but we're going to send a lot of balls over the wall. Oh, God. Uh, a lot Matt of balls Jeff, over the wall. Matt and Jeff finish off the decay. Rebby reveals that she is pregnant. Congratulations to Matt and Rebby. And I think it's hers. So, yeah, it's goodness. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Now, if there's, like, some angle where she gives birth to a drone, shit's going to hit the fan. Mm, you might be on to something there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it definitely won't be the birth of a hand. For, any, for anybody that says, you don't see any crazy stuff like total nonstop deletion anywhere else. Well, you, we need to give birth to a hand. Did you ever see where they brought it back for Raw 1000 where uh, yeah. you know, it was a guy in a chair? Yeah. <laughs> huge pop. See, that was a huge pop. That was pop. great. Well done on that one. We got UFC on Fox 22 tomorrow. There's a couple of good fights on there. There is. I actually did pretty good on my bets last week. I lost on uh, Choi and Cup Swanson. Um, I talk- and that, that's, that fight was so good, though. So good. So good. I talked about this on keeping it 100 with Conan and him. Uh, I sleep on Cub Swanson unintentionally, and I'll tell you why. Because the first time I ever saw him fight was against Jose, Jose Aldo. And Aldo killed him in like KO. How, six seconds? Eight seconds, six Eight seconds, seconds, something KO, like that. Something like that. And so that was my first impression, and I just can't ever not think about that. you know. And I know he's better. I know he's a much better fighter. He's had much better fights. He's redeemed himself since that. But anytime he's on a fight, just for that reason – I kind of lean on the other guy. But, you know, Troy's good, man. He's really good. And uh, the fact that he said, I will never lose again, like, oh, shit, what's he going to do? He's going <laughs> to go and train him. He's going to come back with some shit. Uh, but, I mean, that, that was a, there was a lot of good fights on that car. So congrats to Max Holloway, man. Uh, so I picked, I picked him beating Pettis. I think we talked about that last week. I think – did you do as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He beat I, the brakes off of him. Especially when he didn't make weight. I was like, eh, you know – I like Pettis a lot, but it looks to me like he doesn't have the eye of the tiger anymore, you know, uh, and I don't know him personally. So that's just me speaking from a very distant perspective, but he doesn't fight to me like somebody that has that animal that you've got to have in, in that. I mean, you got to have that in progress. I mean, you got to be in the gym all the time and going crazy all the time. You got to be an animal to, 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 you know, compete at a certain level all the time. And when people lose that, you know, you can see if Misha Tate, you know, is gone from her, which is why she stepped down. Uh, but I think she just got a job as a commentator. Man, if, she did. if you're out there getting punched in the face at a high level, man, you you got you to gotta be a different human being to be doing that. So 
He either needs she, to, uh, he either needs to go back up in weight class. He needs to find what made him the good fighter that he used to be. Also, Donald Cerrone, after a great fight with Matt Brown, knocked him out colder than a well digger's ass. Man, that was a well. Now I don't know how cold a well digger's ass is. Uh, Sean, I had to take your, your that's word a Bob for that. Holly quote. I might have to take your word for that. You know, on how cold a well digger's ass may or may not be. Um, sounds pretty cool. Bob Holly quote. Thanks. I like to say colder than a polar bear's nuts in bleak December because I don't know how cold well, how a do polar. You know? They got to be they got to be gold. Is a polar bear is in December. Um you don't see any polar bears at the beach. Motherfucker. Um Yeah, Donald Cerrone, man. That dude at 170, he looks fantastic. So I hope he stays in that weight class. I know he likes to go to 155 to test the waters. But uh he he just was that four and a, four four straight at 170. Yeah. And four And he's great. fighting he's fighting Masvidal in 5 weeks. Damn. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be tough, man. That's going to be a tough one now. Uh, that's a good fight. Uh, we'll get to a couple. Good, he's on a good run. Though, so. A couple of questions before we make our UFC on Fox 22 predictions. Uh, someone says, is there any chance for the deletion series to become a pay-per-view event or sold as standalone DVDs and Blu-rays? Uh, maybe so. I don't see why not. You know, I know they did it on Bound for Glory. Uh, it was a part of, part of that one. Uh, I think the DVD series is a must. I think uh, yes. going forward, marketing there's got to be a way. Well, I mean, I know there's a way. That has to be that has to be done. And maybe there'll be some special features added DVD extras uh, from you know uh, total nonstop deletion because there were there was a match that didn't make air. So uh, maybe you'll see that. You know, you might see that on Explosion or something. But I think you would definitely see it on the DVD. That would be awesome. Uh, somebody says. Uh, <laughs> I had the feeling Shane was a dick before his fightful podcast role. <laughs> he goes, but I was very wrong. He's a cool dude. No, he was right in the beginning. You know, this is all a sham. Complete. Now, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think people get get that sometimes from my tweets because I got a kind of a dark sense of humor. Like, I'm a Seinfeld guy. You know, some people are Three Stooges humor and some people are Seinfeld. And that Seinfeld comes off a little bit more harsher on Twitter, tweet because you got to hear me say it. Like, especially, you know, you, you – You've known me for a while. You got to hear me yeah. talk to hear some of the crazy shit I say. Uh, I mean, you've went at it on Twitter a time or six, so I mean. It and by going at it, you mean I won every time. I mean, but you tried. Yeah, you, right. You, you fought valiantly, but, you know, you, you came up like Spud. Oh, God. Oh, God. By the way, we're playing each other in fantasy football this week. The consolation bracket. Ugh. I thought it was over. My team shit the bed as bad as it could be done last week. Was That's all right. Projected winner by like 20 points and ended up losing by like 50, 70 points. Well, it's okay. You can finish your season the same way you opened it, losing to me. So there we go. I don't even care, man. I don't care about consolation. Big fights on this UFC on Fox show. Uriah Faber's retirement fight against Brad Pickett. Pickett has lost four or five. So this is seems like the UFC saying, okay, we're going to give you another chance. Here's Uriah Faber in his retirement fight in his hometown. Have fun. Yeah, this might be two guys uh, retirement from the UFC. Yeah, because I, I think I'm picking. Point. I think I'm picking Faber in that. Uh, I want. I kind of want to. I want to see him win too. You know, he's done a lot. You know, it's a shame he never actually could pull the trigger uh, in the UFC title fights. There, uh, I kind of actually don't think he ever got his legs back after that uh, Jose Aldo fight. If you know, what I mean. and I mean literal yeah. legs. I mean, he didn't seem to. Uh, seem to uh, have that wrestling approach anymore, it, it seems. Uh, you know, 
but his great career, you know, fantastic. He was definitely a world champion. The WEC uh, was a fantastic company, and he, he you know, he was a world champion. So great career, uh, and I think, I think, I hope to see him pull it out this week. He's a big part of popularizing those lighter weight fighters, featherweight oh, and yeah. bantamweight, because he had an effect at both of them. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Mickey Gall, Sage Northcutt. Uh, this is great matchmaking. I'm, I'm going to take Mickey Gall on that one. So, uh, you know, Me too. I'm take Mickey Gall. But, you know, the, <laughs> looking at the Ken doll over there might pull it out. You know, he's, uh, he doesn't look like he's ever taken too much damage. So we'll see. Somebody put the uh, Save by the Bell theme and screen and filter oh, over definitely. top of him, like doing kicks and stuff earlier today. Yeah, he would. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I mentioned this too. He 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 was primed for three count. He would he definitely would have been a, oh, a three yeah. count man. Oh yeah, he could have been a three count member. Yeah, he's still good. He could revive that. So I think Mickey Gall is going to take that too. But Stage Northcutt has some pretty good striking. Mickey Gall has some excellent grappling. That's going to be almost an old school battle where you have a guy that's really really strong in one area facing a guy who's really really strong in one area. And the rest is kind of unknown. Well, not unknown for Sage Northcutt. He's not that good on the ground. But uh, Main event, Michelle Watterson fighting for the first time in a year and a half against Paige Van Zant. Uh, as I've said on other shows, Van Zant's a lot tougher than people get her, give her credit for. Michelle Watterson has some really, really good technique, has criticized Van Zant for being green. How do you think this one goes? Um it's gonna. It's actually a little bit tough, man. You know, I, I think uh, technique-wise, you know, the karate hottie is better. Uh, but Van Zant is a little animal in there, man. She doesn't really give up too much, you know. I know she's this cute little doll, you know. That, uh, but if you've seen her fight, man, she fights like, <laughs> like a damn life depends on it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm gonna give the nod to Watterson. You know, uh, if I gotta bet money, and I will, I think I'm. I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with her. I got, you know, I got a day to think about. Um, that's where I'm leaning right now with the karate. I think I'm going to go with Van Zant. I think that she, okay. is, I think she's a little tougher. I mean, it's not going to surprise me if Watterson wins, but I mean, Watterson has been finished a few times. Van Zant was finished once and it was after a sustained beating, like a five round beating from Rose Namajunas. But that's, that's a, what, that's a damn good. That's a good Fox show. That's one of the things I was thinking about, too, you know, with her being such a little animal because it took a lot for uh, Namagunas to, uh, to, to get her. You know, oh, it, yeah. took, it took a lot. And uh, it's one of those things, too, you know, when somebody can take damage, you never know that until they take damage, you know. So it's good to know that she can take a little ass kicking and, keep, and uh, you know, kind of plow through it. But, um, I mean, not that she plowed through it, but it's, she didn't go down with one strike, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I'm on the fence, but right now I'm a karate hottie, but it could change Saturday night. There's a big size difference here too. Like uh, Van Zant is a pretty big, like you can't tell by height, but Van Zant's a, a bigger 115. She's even talked about fighting at 125 if they do that. Yeah. She had to strip down to make weight. Meanwhile, Michelle Watterson used to compete at 105 and probably still would. But, uh, and Paige Van Zant pieced up Beck Rawlings, who was a giant 115. Like, I mean, she's 5'6", making 115. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be interesting, too. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of didn't know she was that much bigger than her. That might slant it. But that might uh, You might have just changed my mind for me then. So. It's, it's just like a one-inch height disadvantage, but it's just the way they're built, you know? Like, 
Oh yeah. Just when you got when, when you're a little thicker through the hips too, that adds a lot of power to kicks and punches. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you look at Mike Tyson back in the day with him. You know, he was a short guy, but then his quads and ass and and just hips were so thick that when he got that torque behind them hooks, that added so much more to it. When you know how to throw a proper punch like that, so uh, yeah, and you can see that in Ronda. You know, with them with them thick legs, that makes her so much. She's got so much more body strength through there. Yeah, she's, she's had some punching power, too. Like, I mean, her technique has been absolute shit for the most part, but she's got the power in her hands that a lot of people don't have at that weight division. Shane, anything to tell these people before we go? Besides, obviously, follow us at Fightful.com uh, and Fightful Online on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. All these podcasts, pro all series columns. You know, keep, keep watching TNA. You know, we want to we keep bringing the unpredictability, you know, uh, Wrestling doesn't have to be stale, you know. It needs to be fun, and it needs to be unpredictable, and that's what we're doing. Uh, and we hope everybody liked Total Nonstop Deletion. You're going to see some of the uh, some of the greatest wrestlers in the world still working with TNA uh, going forward. So keep checking it out at ShaneHelms.com is where I'm at. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Like I said, guys, Fightful.com, that's a place to be. We have shows after Raw, SmackDown. We talk TNA with Shane. We uh, have MMA coverage with Matt and Joe. We've got post-UFC shows. we got everything, guys. Also, tons of columns, exclusive financial analysis from Brandon Howard. Hey, and real quick, fans. for our boxing fans, this Saturday night, I think it's Saturday, Bernard Hopkins, at the youthful yep. age of 51, is going to fight. And he's one of my all-time favorites. we got coverage favorites. of that, too. He's one of my all-time favorites, so uh, I'll be looking forward to that. Supposedly his last fight, right? <laughs> He's 51. I hope so. You know, but uh, I, I hope uh, Eddie Edwards and uh, Bobby Lashley battle into the ring during that fight. Still going. Still going right now. Yeah. Right, I man. always wanted to see like I always wanted to see like a Peter Griffin versus the chicken angle in wrestling where no matter what's going on these two people are fighting. Like whether like backstage, James Storm's James Storm talking to the camera, and you just see Edwards and Lashley beating the shit out of each other. Non and people people just don't even pay any mind to it anymore. They're just like, let them do it. A similar idea in WWE. Uh, he might have been still been F at the time. I don't know, but I was back there in the uh, APA's office. We know they were set up their little office backstage, and they were drinking. And I forget what the scenario was, but everybody was chanting for me to chug. And I get a hurry, you see the hurricane chugging this beer, and then I just fall back and I'm out. And I wanted for yeah. a couple of weeks that no matter where they were, you just see me laying in that background of that office passed out. And obviously, it would oh, be gosh. in a different city, but like they, I was involved in some stories, so they couldn't do it because they needed me to actually wrestle. But I just, yeah, I was like, man, if you if you just keep going into the office and you just see hurricane passed out in the background, I just thought that would have been some kind of subtle thing that would have been really fun. Guys, Fightful.com is the place to be. Go follow Shane and, of course, support the website. Sorry for the delay, guys. We will get the stuff with Shane fixed. Uh, we'll have to throw his computer into the swamp of reincarnation again. I got, got, I got a mic. big microphone there. He's got it. Until next All time, right, guys, man. we're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.